listening to the show with Sam and Joe. This is episode 157 for August 31st, 2017. This week, we talk about cleaning out our closets, living with our parents, time management, politics and children, Hurricane Harvey, and Taylor Swift's new music video. So stick around for the show. One, two, three, clap. Uh. Woo! Doggy. Oh. Welcome to the country damn toe jing dong dong jamboree. And with Sam and Joe. Oh my God. Oh, honey. Uh, now I just want biscuits and gravy. Oh my God. Me too. I always want biscuits and gravy. I mean, I still haven't had biscuits and chocolate gravy, which I need to have. Oh, yeah. Uh, next time I see you, I will make some biscuits and chocolate gravy. Next time you see me, you'll be at my funeral. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, I've been praying. I've been praying. Oh, haven't we all, honey? How are you doing? I'm good. I've just been super busy all day. I've been doing some some computer work for some people. I've been in and out. It's like Ooh. I have a real job. It's crazy. I've wow. been cooking food. I've been like living my life. But the we've had s- these forest fires here, which I've talked about before. And it's mm-hmm. like I'm breathing ash all day. It's just like not cute at all. But is your voice like really sexy, like Lindsay Lohan's now? Yeah, it's Lindsay oh. here. Oh, honey, my pants just flew off. Ooh, girl. Ooh, girl. Lindsay's here. <laughs> Ooh, and they just flew right back home. <laughs> Yikes, girl. How have you been? What's what's been up with you? I'm good. Um, I didn't even. I don't even think I mentioned it last week. I'm getting ready to move to. Uh, Sam already knows this to Washington D.C. Uh, in October. Oh my God, she's yeah, doing it. I know, I'm moving in with a fella. Yeah, so that's a big I've kind thing, of girl. Been, like, I get a little anxious and frantic over like packing. Like, I'm not moving for it's about two months away, but two of those weeks I'll be gone. I'll be mm-hmm. in DC, like getting some stuff ready there. Um, but like, I've already cleaned out my furniture. I'm getting ready to sell it. Oh my like, god! I'm gonna girl. be sitting in an empty fucking apartment for like the a last month and a half. Weeks. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! But well, um, that's what you get for over preparing, bitch. I do. I over prepare so much. That's gonna actually uh, play into one of our listener questions at the end of this podcast. Oh my god! Wow, what a segue! I'm crazy. I know. But uh, yeah, a little too early of a segue. That's yeah, be you know, in, like, we're only three minutes, minutes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to make an announcement. <gasps> what? I have gained ten pounds in the past year. Oh my god! Is is that a good thing? It's Are we official. Congratulating it's a you? really. I'm still technically underweight by medical standards, mm. but my weight history has been like. I have struggled gaining weight my entire life. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't actually gained weight since, like, middle school, junior high. When, Jesus like, Christ. When I hit puberty. Yeah, it was just, like, impossible. And I actually, I weighed, like, 100 pounds for years and years and years. And then I, like, at the height of my depression, I actually lost, like, five. And it mm-hmm. took so long to gain that back. But I had a doctor's appointment this past week. And I've noticed I've gained some weight, like, in my face and, like, especially in my legs. Yeah. Um, from walking around a lot. And it conf- it was confirmed. I was like, holy shit, I actually managed to gain 10 pounds. I almost said 50 pounds. Oh, my uh, God. 50 pounds? That's like 10 of you. Pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I gained half of my body weight. Oh, my um, God. 
I, I credit it all to 7-Eleven <laughs> and their lovely pizza and their taquitos. And oh, their, damn. Uh, I don't get their Slurpees, but those are good, too. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I didn't grow up around 7-Elevens, so I didn't like... I, I love a Slurpee when I'm, like, in an actual city with people that have 7-Elevens. And I'm like, oh, look at a Slurpee. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so cultured. But congratulations on gaining weight. Oh, my God, you're a little less, little less corpsey than you used Thank to be. Thank you. It's like, I've noticed I felt better. And when I've, I've, when I've looked in the mirror, I've been like, oh, my clothes are fitting a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, like they don't hang off me like a, you know, like a stick wearing a potato sack or like, a, <laughs> you know, that's what I always thought I looked uh, like. It's too real. <laughs> it's just too real. And I actually just had to give away like literally four or five pairs of pants to Goodwill because I can't button them anymore. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit, like I'm going to have to start getting some new clothing. Oh my God, you're you're out of double zeros now. I'm at well, no, my all of my Abercrombie jeans are still they still fit and they're still double zero. Oh, okay. It was like my some of my H and M jeans that I had to women's jeans I had to get rid of. Well, look at you! Oh my God. Uh, I know. I was uh, cleaning. How often do you like go through all of your clothes and clean out your closet? I did semi recently, like oh, I think really? a couple months ago. But I think before that, it was a, probably a few years. And like, there, I don't know. Oh, I wow. feel like in in my closet, like I, I I I don't know if this is just me or if this like happens to a lot of people. But I obviously have like a full wardrobe worth of clothes. But I feel like I only wear like forty percent of it. And oh I, yeah, for and sure. I, then I don't like. I just don't think about it either I'm like too lazy to go through it or I'm just like it's not on my top priorities so then when I do go through it I was like wow like I haven't worn any of these clothes for like five years like why are they still in my closet taking up space Um, but it took me so fucking long to like actually get the motivation to go through my clothes in my closet but I did actually just a couple months ago. I did before I um I I had some like H&M gift cards that I needed to use up and I was going Ooh. to Seattle and I was going to buy some stuff there and so it was a good time for me to just do a little cleanup of my wardrobe. I got some some uh garbage sacks and I did did a little donation pile and I did a little like oh this would be cute for so and so if they would want it and you know like that. So I did I think I took about 30% of my wardrobe out 30 or 30 oh, wow. or 40%. Um but even still, like, uh, there's still stuff that I know that, like, doesn't fit me anymore that's still in there. But at the at the time, I was like, oh, like, it's just so cute. Sometimes you don't want to, like, sometimes something's so cute that yeah. you don't want to like, throw it out. That's the problem. So I probably clean out my wardrobe every, like, five to six months. I really, really like, I like having almost no, nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like keeping all of my possessions really simplified. And I'm, like, constantly just, like, throwing stuff out or giving it to Goodwill or whatever. So but this minimalist. Time, I was uh, so, so minimalist. Well, every fucking apartment I've ever lived in has been like the size of a bathroom. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I get like really antsy about moving. Yeah. Um, but I did it just this past week when I was like trying on the pants. I went through my whole wardrobe and a lot of it still fit. But this time I like was narrowing it down by like, this is cute. But I have like never worn it, and it's not who I am. Oh yeah, like like the style isn't you anymore. It doesn't it doesn't yeah. portray you on the outside. It's not who I. It's not how I feel like I want to look. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. you're a new and woman so, now. Yeah, and when I when I finally got past that, because bef- before that I was like, oh, this is this is all really cute shit. Like this is. There's some really cute pieces in here, but then I was like, I will never wear this. Like That's, this yeah, really yeah, totally. cute 
like flower print hoodie that like someone a lot more chic than me could pull off. But I mm-hmm. have no interest in walking out in the city wearing that. Because it's it's not like, like it's it it's out. not like that anything's ugly. Because like God forbid you would ever buy anything ugly over your entire lifetime. Heavens no. Heavens no. It's just Heavens like the things no. they just don't speak to you anymore. So you're like this just isn't me. Exactly. I feel I like it would like, work for someone else, but it's not working for me. It's not working for me. Did oh you God. have any? Did you do like any of that when you? cleaned out your wardrobe like stuff like, still fit but yeah. it just wasn't you yeah i i have a lot of that because i mean i don't know i'm i'm still younger right i'm like 23 or whatever i you know what? am i what i don't know who, who am i i don't know i don't know who i am um but i i had a bunch of stuff that i had in high school that some stuff actually still fit me uh, surprisingly and a lot of it wasn't even bought by me it was bought by like my mom so i was like ah this this is cute but it's definitely not me anymore. And so I was like, no, like uh, this needs to go to some, you know, 18 year old twink because this is not me anymore. <laughs> sure. So sure. I had to like I had to package it up and whatever. But like I, I remember the first time, like when I first moved out of my parents house at 18, um, which is weird, by the way, the more I talk to people who don't live in the U.S., the more it's like, oh, yeah, like we just live with our parents until we're like 25. And it's like totally normal. And I'm like, why do we yeah. always get kicked out at 18? A lot of people live with their parents until they're like married. Yeah, it's very common. And like a lot of cultures, yeah. With us, I know. Well, I think it's changing quite a bit in Mm -hmm. America. I think especially our generation, people are like broke. Yeah. Also, that you know, the economy is a huge factor in that. Yeah, I think when the economy like shitted out a few years ago, kids realized that they're better off like staying at home longer. Right. It's like, fuck this. There's like no point in like just going flat broke immediately. Um, what about. Oh, go on. Oh, no, I was I was just looking at my closet. I'm just like trying to go through it. It's like, yeah, like even now I know there, there are some things that don't fit me anymore that I did. I don't know why I didn't throw it out before, but I it was I think it was just like some sentimental value. Sometimes I don't throw things out because like, yeah, it's, it's, sometimes there's things that I know don't fit me anymore and aren't my style anymore. But I keep them anyway for like some weird reason. I'm like, I know I'm not going to wear this, but like for some reason I want to keep it around. And I think it's like sentimental stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, do you keep stuff purely for sentimental value? Mm -hmm. Like there are there were at least five or six pieces where I was like, I will probably never wear this out of the house. And like at best, I could wear it as like a pajama shirt. Right. Like the I still have my YouTube shirt from a YouTube meetup in 2008. Oh, my God. In like Canada. And like it's I still kind of wear it i wear it as an undershirt a lot because it just Mm -hmm. it's a good gray undershirt but like i don't i don't know if i'll ever be able to throw that away that's like right it's like part of you now exactly i have some some things that aren't i feel like aren't nearly as sentimental as that but i have some things that i picked up in thrift stores and Mm. um and secondhand shops in boston when i was living there that i still keep around because it reminds me of boston a little bit um right but and but like i since then because oh my god when i was in boston i was walking around all the time and, and like i was like so healthy i had legs for days and then i moved back to montana and i'm like driving everywhere and i like i gained 30 pounds like immediately so none of that shit from boston ever fits me anymore but i just keep it around because i'm like shit like a if i ever go down to that weight again because i'm like walking like 600 miles a day maybe i'd wear this but i probably wouldn't because a it's not really my style anymore and b i just kind of like having it around for sentimental value it just kind of reminds me of like this phase in my life where i was like oh my god 
Boston boy or whatever. So but like, I, what is your style right now? What is uh, the same? What is Sam? What pieces of clothing are Sam? I feel like, I don't know. Sam right now is, I feel like Sam in Boston was very, was, I went through this big V-neck stage. I feel Ooh, like la, I went la. through a, I feel Wait, like I are went, you gay? That's the thing. I went through this baby gay V-neck stage from Ooh. like, from like 16 to 20. Oh and my god! It was a long stage. Of oh, honey. Nothing. Not that there's anything wrong with V-necks, but like everything. Like I some of yours buy... were cute. I remember you wearing a lot of V-necks, but yeah. you didn't wear like the like super low. Not that there's anything wrong with those. I should preface that too. These are just stylistic well, choices. I. They are definitely choices. <laughs> They're choices. Definitely choices. Choices. <laughs> I think I only had one deep V, and it wasn't even a deep V. It was like a medium depth. But most of them were like were like neck v-necks like they were right. crazy but for some reason like i went through this phase when i was like baby gay 16 to 20 where i like would only buy v-necks like i would there would be really cute t-shirts but they weren't v-necks and i wouldn't buy them like i thought they were ugly for some reason it was so dumb um but i i don't think i've ever i don't i haven't bought a v-neck in years like i don't wear v-necks anymore i just wear no, like t-shirts I can't. yeah i i v-necks make me look even worse like, really? They yeah, show your collarbones? There's so much flappable. Like, you can see my heart beating through the skin, <laughs> you know? Like, you, nobody needs to see that peeking over my shirt, okay? Mm, is, is Joe still alive? I'll just look over and see I'll his heart beating down out of his, his chest. V-neck. Yeah. Oh no, I never. I actually had... I think it was when I lived in Philly, I had a couple of deep V-necks, but mm-hmm. I think I got them for free from like a friend from American Apparel. Okay. They had like gotten some free American Apparel stuff and they didn't want them. And I was like, I guess I'll take them, but I never wore them. I'll take free. I'll take free shit, honey. Hell I'm 20 yeah, years old. Give me everything you got. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. But I guess my style right now, it's just super plain. Yeah, me like, too. Yeah, it's just... I'm not here to impress people. No, me neither. It's like black and gray and dark blue and... I love... Those are like my three colors I wear. Exactly. Like, I've got some, like, bright summer clothes, summer Mm. and spring, but, like, winter, I just want to blend into the snow. Blend into the asphalt, honey. That's literally my wardrobe. In the summer, like, I... Like, all of the t-shirts that I have, a lot of t-shirts that I have are bright colors. Like, I have lots of, like, bright blues and, and pinks and reds, and I even have, like, a bright green shirt i don't know it's very like oh my god i'm gay whatever it's summer i'm alive um but as soon as winter hits and i start getting like long sleeve everything's like monochrome and i love it so much it's like i have two completely different wardrobes it's like oh my god sam's alive in the spring and then as soon as fall hits and i start having you know i i start wearing long sleeves again it's like all dark tones and i'm like literally blending into the fucking asphalt i love it i think i was wearing like um some of the things I was wearing, I look at them now and I'm like, I don't want to look that age anymore. Oh, like, okay. I feel like yeah. they were really like youngish, younger people looking. Mm-hmm. And like the people I've been hanging around with lately are either they're like my age or older. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it. I feel weird like hanging around them and they're all wearing like like legit grown up clothes. Like I'm talking like mom and dad clothes. Uh-oh. And I'm wearing, yeah, exactly. And I'm wearing like button ups. Like, you know, if I <gasps> meet up ups. with them after they get done with work and I'm wearing like a Pokemon shirt. Yeah. Which I still will wear. I kept like all of my Pokemon shirts and clothes mm-hmm. and stuff. But like, I don't know. I just feel really self-conscious. Like I'm like, holy shit. I look like a high school kid surrounded by these like 35, 40 year olds. 
I mean, but the thing is, like, it's it's not like one of those situations where it's like you see like a fifty year old trying to wear like Aeropostale or right. Or oh Ameri- my god, ew, do not. American Eagle or something. I, like, I don't even want to think about like a fifty year old asking for like the dressing room at Aeropostale. Right. Like, that just makes me like cringe so hard. Ugh. Yeah, like the kind of that's that's what I what I think in terms of like not dressing my or like having things that aren't my age anymore. In a different sense, right. it's like it's like all these clothes that I had in high school that were all American Eagle, Era Pastel, like all of those. Like I, I had some American apparel stuff, but a lot of that isn't they don't have insignias on them. It's mostly yeah, things yeah. with I with don't like brand names with brand names on your clothing that's like screams like I bought it from this brand. That's like such like an early like mid 2000s thing that I'm just like oh, literally like, it, like all of really my faded. high school clothes were like branded. Mm hmm. Ugh. Ugh. But I feel like I feel like with you, like I don't, I under, I, I definitely can see the pressure of like hanging out with people that are a little bit older than you that like, actually look like adults. Yeah. Like, not that you're not an adult, but you I know don't what I'm feel saying. like one. I like literally when I'm around a group of people, like I still feel like such a kid. And even the things that people talk about, I think it mm-hmm. just like gets into my head because yeah. they all have like job, like office jobs. They talk like nine about. to five. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I, I like I play video games. I really like video games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all I do. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you're doing it differently. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Right, right. It's, right. Just, it's just like you're uh, completely against the grain, and there's nothing wrong with that. I guess. I'm just like a salmon. Yeah, uh, sure. They're dying out, by the way. I'm pretty sure salmon are dying out. Did you see that article about how, like, grizzly bears are starting to, like, become vegetarian because they yes. just can't get any salmon? <laughs> uh-huh. Ugh, LOL. Oh, my God. Well, that was Every- good. We talked about our wardrobe for like 15 minutes. I, I think that's the longest that I've ever <laughs> talked about fashion in my entire life. Oh, my God, honey. That's crazy. Well, I, I want to just give a quick little shout out before we segue into our next thing. Sure. Um, uh, LOL, actually thinking about people in uh, in Texas right now because Hurricane Harvey mm-hmm. is a fucking disaster. Um, un- unsurprisingly, I guess. I guess a lot of people were assuming that it wasn't going to be as bad as it was. But I was following people on Twitter that were like, hey, like, this is going to be really bad. Y'all need to prepare. And I think a lot of people did prepare, but you can't prepare for like a national disaster like this. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to a uh, a little website called Cherry. CharityNavigator.org, and they have a page for Hurricane Harvey. Like, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna get on the podcast and tell you to like donate to this one specific charity because I feel like people have their own like values and whatever. And I feel like you should be able to pick and choose where you want to give your money. If you have extra money, I feel like that this website CharityNavigator.org can help you um, put that money where you feel like it, you want to put it. Um, they have a page for Hurricane Harvey, and they have charities sorted by like their rating and their like, you know, their like what exactly they donate to and what they give the money to. Um, and they have a, a recommendation list for like uh, local charities. Um, and instead of just like national ones, like the American Red Cross and stuff, there's some local charities in Houston specifically um, that could use some dough. And those are the Houston Food Bank, the Food Bank of Corpus Christi, Houston Humane Society, the Houston um, SPCA and the San Antonio Humane Society. A lot of these are humane societies because a lot of animals are kind of like thought of second nature to humans in this situation because like obviously you want to save yourself first from this fucking hurricane and then it's like oh shit there's so many of these animals that need to need help too so if you want if you have some money to spare and you want to you know, help out the people um in hurricane harvey right now i'd recommend checking out charitynavigator.org and you can search for hurricane harvey and they have a complete page 
with uh, charities that will help them out along with um, local charities also. So I just wanted to give a little shout out for them. For sure. Um, I know some of our viewers and stuff, they've tweeted at us or I've seen I follow some of them and they I seen them tweeting mm-hmm. um, like one of our uh, viewers like lost her cat in the oh, no. mess, but she found him. He ended up being found. Well, good. Um, oh, that's that's always nice to hear. Yeah. And it is really crazy down there. My aunt and uncle live in Houston mm-hmm. and they're evacuated right now. But it's crazy. Just like all like the a pictures lot of people don't things. like my aunt and uncle have another place they can go. But like a lot of people don't. Yeah, exactly. And so, people don't have that luxury. Exactly. Just, like, pick up and move. But yeah, no, it's like literally like the entire fucking city's underwater. It's yeah. like I'm, I'm curious, like, how do you recover from this? Like when an entire fucking city is basically like Atlantis now. Well, um, how do you? How do you I mean, like, that's what happened to New Orleans. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, Hurricane I guess Katrina, you're right. you remember all those pictures, like everything was underwater, like buildings all the way underwater. Yeah. And it just like um, millions of dollars worth of damage and just years and years of recovery. Drain. I don't I don't really know how they get the water out. Like, I, I guess it just, I don't know if they just wait for it to go down because it is. I don't I know it's like. It's not like, you know, I don't know if it's below sea level, but, you know, it's uh, there's not usually a lake there. The city's yeah, not usually exactly. a lake. So wait, if you wait long enough, I guess the water goes away. But I don't yeah. know if they have like quicker ways to get it out. I think yeah, New I Orleans has like pumps. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I need to understand. I need to like figure out and understand that stuff better. Probably. I don't know how how water works. I, but I know that either. it's fucking bad. So bad, my thoughts bad. are with everyone. Yeah. And um, a little bit of my money is with you, too. So yeah, that's a really good site, too. I like that you mentioned it shows like charity rankings and stuff, because that's really yeah. important. There are ones like you look at them and you see like the majority of or how the money is split up. And, you know, sometimes the CEO maybe gets a little too much mm-hmm. uh, that you would like. So Yeah, sometimes, you know, an organization is really homophobic and you don't really want to give your money to them. That's true. That's true. I give my money ex- specifically to those. Mm-hmm. You give your money specifically to homophobes. Specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because because mm-hmm. gay's the worst. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the fucking worst. Um, I have, uh, speaking of things that are horrible, um, sure. but kind of good. Did you hear about this uh, asshole? I don't even want to like say his name. Um, Taylor Swift. Who, Oh. No, a different asshole. We'll, we'll get we'll get to her, honey. We will get Uh-oh. to her. Uh-oh. Um, it's this guy who made a children's book out of Pepe the Frog. I heard about it. I did not even click the article. So it's this guy who made a children's book called The Adventures of Pepe and Pede. And it's this frog that looks very much like Pepe the Frog and this centipede. And apparently centipedes are what people call themselves in like the the Donald subreddit. On Reddit, that's like this toxic, toxic fucking cesspool, and so that's like it's their this, group name for each other. They they're the like centipedes. Why would you ever want to be known as that? That's because like because they're gross. The I worst bug in the world. Yeah, it's just like I I I don't know. Basically, this guy made this children's book about it's it's not i mean the frog's name is pepe but it's like it's it's just like bad there's the the main did you read it i didn't read it but it's it's off the shelf now due to due to specific reasons that i'll talk about later um but it's like the main antagonist is this bearded alligator named alka um which is very similar to allah like in like Muslim cultures. So like that's gross. Basically what happened is this guy had this children's book 
with Pepe the Frog and like with alt-right fucking themes, you know, scribbled all over it and was selling it. And the original creator of Pepe the Frog, Matt Fury, um, who who made Pepe as part of the I don't remember what the comics called, but I don't either. Regardless, he filed a copyright suit against this guy. Um, for using Pepe's name and et cetera, and um, won. Thank fucking God. Well, yeah, and I would s- hope he did. That's like his fucking frog. Yeah, so basically what's kind of funny about this is that he he won the settlement and required all of the um, books to be taken off the shelves or like whatever like you can't you can't sell the book anymore and all of the profits that have been made so far have to be donated to a muslim rights advocacy group called the council on american muslim relations which i think is just like a big fucking slap in the face to this asshole who made this stupid fucking children's book this alt reich children's book it's just like it's gross and what's interesting is during the trial or whatever they uncovered um some text conversations between the author and the illustrator and the author sent the illustrator a picture of pepe the frog and was like i want the protagonist to look exactly like this frog oh my god (laughs) so like it's like point blank you can't say that it wasn't like pepe the frog did the illustrator not know who pepe the frog was i don't know the article doesn't talk any about anything about the illustrator the illustrator is different than the author right um but i i don't know what the illustrator knew who pepe the frog was so i don't know how guilty the illustrator is in this whole thing interesting very interesting oh and also the author of the book was a assistant principal in tech at a texas middle school um but he resigned (laughs) so i'm sure i'm sure on his own too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah so it was like it was i guess it was originally self-published and it was on a release schedule with an actual uh like book publisher but that obviously went down the tube now so but all of the profits that are made that were made from it must be donated so far so it's not actually going to get officially published thank god but i think it was like one of those things where it was on amazon um like amazon would like like print the book on demand or something or it was like an ebook or something like that but god fucking bless i'm glad all the money went to this like muslim advocacy group that's fucking awesome it's pretty amazing how do you feel about so that's like obviously a meant for children's political propaganda sort of situation. Yes, How totally. do you feel about like children being involved in politics? Because I have very conflicting. I have totally thoughts conflicting it. thoughts. Because you see those children of of from like the Westboro Baptist Church or something, or just like children at like alt right rallies or something, and they're holding up signs against like against gay people against Mm -hmm. lgbt people or trans people against like like very like racist signs and exactly you're like do these kids know what they're protesting do they like what are they what exactly do they understand because i don't think that they go to kindergarten the next day and there's like a gay person a gay teacher or a gay student or a black student or a black teacher and they uh, hate them you know right like i don't think the children are born with that Mm-hmm. But then also I see like um, leftists, left uh, rallies, like a little kid holding an LGBT, like a, a pride flag or something. I'm like, oh, that's cute. But I right. think, but I feel like it's different because he's being the kid at the gay pride place is being taught love of some yeah. sort, like love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And 
But then I'm like, wait, should he even be able to have this view right now? I don't know. I have very conflicting thoughts about it. Like, how much of his thoughts are his parents' his. thoughts right now? Exactly. Yeah, I no, I, 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 I totally feel that. And I am. I don't really know what to say in that certain stance. I remember when I was... Like first coming out and I was like figuring out who the Westboro Baptist Church was. And I was like having my little baby gay moment where I was like, oh, my God, the Westboro Baptist Church, it makes me so angry. Like I want to just like protest them and whatever. And then I like got over it and I was like, oh, you just shouldn't give them any attention because they're absolute shitlords. And like I have way better shit to do with my time. I was watching a lot of documentaries in the Westboro Baptist Church and there were some documentaries with people, um, interviewers that would go up to the children doing exactly what you said that were holding like the God hates fags. Um, posters and all those like propaganda things that everyone has seen from the Westboro Baptist Church and they would ask the kids up front like do you know what you're protesting and they had no fucking idea mainly because they were like children they were like you know I, I guess like you know six to ten years old that they were interviewing that were part of the Westboro Baptist Church and like they didn't know what they were doing they were just doing it because it was part of their routine because their parents were doing it you know it, it's like the same thing of like oh like I why do you go hiking every weekend with your parents oh just because I do do it it's part of my family routine like this was part of the routine for their families and so it's like they're it's it's just they're slowly getting indoctrinated into that culture they aren't choosing it they're just like getting brought up in a culture of just like hate it's very interesting but i i totally feel you in the sense of you know look at the other side with like you know children who really don't know what's going on that are at gay pride um rallies and stuff like that but i think there is a definite distinction between one side is teaching their children to hate a marginalized group and the other side is teaching their children to love and accept and include marginalized people i think that's the that's the rift and that's the difference but there's also this gray area of like when is like when is the child indoctrinated into a culture and when is a child old enough to like choose for themselves or is it if is it too late once they got old enough to like think for themselves like they were only they, they were taught this their entire life so it's like where, where that gray area is like, I don't really know how I feel about it. I wonder so. like how much like I try to think back and I try to think how much of my political views came from my parents. Mm -hmm. And like my parents are also Democrats or they've always voted Democrat. And I, I don't remember like I don't really necessarily remember political conversations ever being discussed in like my house. Like I feel like yeah. I grew up pretty much figuring out politics on my own. Mm -hmm. And I then, feel like, that's like, really healthy. Yeah. But then, like, I remember a whole lot of kids in school because in the South, most of my classmates' parents were Republicans. And mm -hmm. so I remember growing up and those kids being like really vocal about political stuff at school. And I don't know. I think that really helped me, like, like for my own opinions. But I don't even know if it's right to teach kids politics. I don't know. Right. I don't like I don't know. I don't know like what the most neutral way to go about that is. Right. Like it's very strange. It's a very very weird weird thing. Cuz mm -hmm. the kids that I know or the they're adults now and they now have different political views from their parents. It's like it's hard for them. Right. Like it's it's like a big family divide or it's like a big mm -hmm. Yeah, like like part of the reason I don't talk to some of my cousins is because they 
are very they don't like gay people they don't believe in lgbt rights or anything like that yeah and it's which just is like a like, huge contesting point for you because you are an lgbt person right like they, you're like, alive they and like, right in front of them by default like they don't like me because i'm an lgbt person Imagine so like weird. being like that. Imagine like automatically disqualifying someone I know. based on their sexual orientation. It's just very, it's very weird to, I don't know. I don't feel like kids, that's the default for children. I don't right. feel, I've never ever seen a child like, I don't know, defaultly not like somebody because of the color of their skin or because of who that person loves. Like, exactly. Never. It just Hate all seems taught. to be taught. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I it's weird, man. It's weird. It, it's a weird in, world in my, we live in. It, yeah, I know. In, in my situation, I grew up like my my dad has a lot of brothers and my my dad and his brothers were always involved in mining in um like ore and mining and stuff which is a very like republican thing so they were they voted a lot in they vote a republican a lot in the in in our, our local elections and in some of the presidential elections and i feel like my dad voted republican a lot until i came along and was this like huge fucking queer and was like hey like did you know the republicans like want to put me on an island and bomb me basically <laughs> and it kind of like made my dad kind of look at like what are the priorities right now like what i would i rather have you know some some lower or higher land values when it comes to rocks or would i rather have my son be able to choose like a man that he wants to marry later in the future and not be like declared as a fucking second class citizen so i feel like it was kind of a it was a blessing to him in a way because he could he finally had something, unfortunately, something personal in his life that he could you know, in, empathize with, something closer um, to kind of wake his white ass up a little bit and be like, oh, shit, like these issues affect people around me, you know. So now he leans way more towards the left than he did before, which is interesting. Well, thank God you're gay. Yeah, thank God I'm gay. God damn it. Thank God you're gay. The Republican Party, in my opinion, it's very different from the one I remember growing up in. Like, I feel around. like it's, it has this huge change over the yeah, past 10 years. It's crazy. Like, well, like even definitely over the past 10 years, but like the past like five, like four or five, it's just been, I don't know. It's been morphing mess. into this like, you know, white supremacist, racist beast. I feel like that's what it's associated a lot with right now because of a lot of the actions of some of the top Republican leaders. Mm -hmm. But like the a lot of Republicans are I know we're treading on thin ice on this podcast. Oh, I feel yeah, like girl. A lot of like everyday Republicans like in the everyday world who aren't, you know, like political figures are still trying to convince themselves that by voting for Republicans, they're not voting for any sort of white supremacist anti people of color agenda when in fact it looks more and more like they are honestly yeah like exactly. that may not be like their core beliefs like the people but who that's are voting where you're putting your vote at you're right. putting your vote in the you're... hands of people that are really fucking shitty right so it's very i don't know it's 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 definitely taken a turn yeah definitely well hopefully we survive the next few years and don't get bombed and maybe we can hopefully a lot it. of like north korean shit's been going on too lately it's scary i know they like shot a missile over japan it's yeah. just like you know what i'm just counting the fucking days man 
I feel like, okay. goddamn days. You know how we look back at, God, we look back at like World War II, even like World War I and the Civil War, and we're like, God, those people were like stupid. Like not stupid, but like, I would never say that, obviously, about a vet or anything. It's one of those things where like, oh God, we've learned so much. Right. You're like, hey, we've learned from that. We're not going to do that shit again. And then you're Mm -hmm. like, holy shit. That stuff we are doesn't so stupid stop. Right now. Like that stuff is actually going on, and it's been going on since World War Two, since World War One, since the fucking Civil War, and it's not going away. It's like exactly. It's like having a resurgence right now, and it's scary as fuck. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just I'm ready for the machines to take over our jobs, and mm-hmm. I'm ready to, for the machines to think for us. Plug me into I'm the ready Matrix, to be a, honey. Plug, plug me, me the fuck in. I'm ready to be a mindless fucking zombie. I'm ready to be a a battery for a robot, honey. Plug me speaking in. Of, speaking of mindless zombies, apparently Taylor Swift is queen of the gays. And by mindless zombies, I'm referring to all the gays Uh-oh. who are standing Taylor Swift. I had to delete some tweets this past Uh-oh. week. Oh. Yeah. I got in trouble. It's true. You got in trouble. I got in trouble. <laughs> so I t- stand so, okay. by my tweets 100%, but then I was like, you know what? This Uh-oh. ain't worth me getting stressed out over from these replies. Because mm-hmm. Taylor so, Swift has a lot of fucking fans. A lot of fucking fans. Yeah, she um, has like a whole like army. She does indeed. She of does Swifties. Indeed. I don't like her new song. I think the message is selfish. I think it's victim blaming mm-hmm. i like it's wait what's it called look what you made me do that's literally yeah. what like a serial killer yells at like their victims <laughs> if i'm being honest like look what you made me do just sounds like someone i don't that sounds like an abusive relationship to me honestly look what you made me do as after you like slapped your partner exactly that's what like that's what that <laughs> phrase reminds me of i'm like holy shit and there it's isn't like, a very positive connotation to that phrase. It's like, what did we make you do? We made you make this. Like, what did what did these people make you do? I don't really understand. I don't. Mm-hmm. She never really says. The music video, I will say, is like steeped in symbolism and imagery. And it's confusing as fuck. Because it, I mean. it seems like she's making fun of herself. But then mm-hmm. it's like she's also standing buy it like she refuses to admit it while also like blaming her the victims and it's just it's very confusing well okay so i let me let me preface this by saying that i haven't seen the music video i refuse to watch it because i mean okay there's i think you should watch it should i watch it i should okay i'll watch it yeah just i I mean it's not you know it's just for kicks i i listened to the music video i i I listened to the to the lyric video so i heard the song once i just like i don't know i've never really cared for taylor swift and so i never it was never like a thought in my mind just like oh my god like let me just like envelop myself in a bunch of taylor swift music so i I, like i really couldn't care at all but 1989 uh, had some jams i was i appreciated some of the jams on 1989 but i've never mm -hmm. been like a Swifty, like I mean, ask me to choose between Taylor and Katie, and that's obvious. But I don't mm-hmm. really like either of them, honestly. Yeah, I think 1989 was probably the closest that I've ever been to like being a quote fan of Taylor Swift. But I, I, I don't know. I only listened to that album like a couple times. Right. Like, it wasn't. I wasn't like jamming off of 1989, and I just think I just have a different musical preference than the what Taylor Swift was given me. Um, but yeah, I guess the way that someone kind of described this kind of how Taylor Swift was acting in the music video and how she's kind of been acting in general is that she is like telling people like, oh, look, I'm so cute. I'm so petty. Oh my God, look, I'm such a snake. Like, ha ha ha, it's so fun. Um, when she's actually petty and she's actually like 
snaky. Like she's she's like petty and not in not a cute way, but she's like making it seem like that she's petty in a cute way. I guess it's I don't know. yeah. It was it's overall honestly it confuses shit out of me. And I read article after article after article trying people to trying get to, to analyze the bottom it. Of it. There was one part in particular. This is the part I tweeted about and I got in trouble for it. She has at one point. She has like an army of if if they're not all gay, then they're presented as gay. Mm-hmm. It's uh, all male backup dancers. They're all wearing high heels and like like uh, crop tops and stuff like that. It's presented as like a gay army. OK. As like Taylor's gay army. And I just hate it so much. So many pop stars do this where they'll have like a gay army visually in a music video behind them. And what they're doing is they're manipulating you into thinking that all the gays are standing with them and yes. they use it to sell albums and they use it to make themselves like an, look like an LGBT icon. And what it really does is it objectifies those. It objectifies gay people. It's making us look like background objects and like we're still novelties and props and the gay best friend. Yes. And it's just not like it really bothers me. And she has that in the music video. And like, well, someone someone was making the argument like I don't know why they were making this argument. I never I think they just didn't understand. But they were like, just I thought you said I thought you wanted more feminine gay people to get more roles. And I was like, first of all, this is not a role. This is not a character. This is a prop. This is a prop. Exactly. Second of all, I love that they're feminine. I love that they're wearing heels and crop tops, but there's a good way to represent people and a bad way to represent people. And I rather not have any feminine gay people in this music video than ones who are going to like make feminine gays look even like look worse. Yeah. You know, I feel that. I don't know. No, no, no. I understand. (laughs) I I totally feel so. It's. That bothers me a lot. That honestly, and so many pop stars try to do that. They try to make like, I don't know. They try to have these gay armies around them. And it's like, we're not your posse. Exactly. We're your, we're your, we're people. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. We're here. And it's like, great. I'm great that those gay people in the music video got paid. Great for them. But like, I don't know. It doesn't, it's like, it's I don't like, think it looks good. Here's, here's the difference. Like Carly. Okay. There's this, there's this running joke on the fucking internet that I love. But it's like all these gay people saying Carly Rae Jepsen is queen of the gays. And like the queen of the gays meme or whatever has been around forever. They're the gays that say that Britney's queen of the gays. There, you know, some like four people say that Christina's the queen of the gays. Like there's the old queens who think Madonna's queen of the gays, whatever. It's the gays telling the pop star that they're their queen. You can't have the pop star telling the gays that they're their queen. That's the difference. Like like Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift having a bunch of like that imagery, even though I haven't seen it. So I'm like really not in a position to like judge it. But that imagery in my mind is Taylor saying, hey, I'm your queen. I'm the queen of the gays. It's like, no, you don't. Right. You are not in the position to say that we will tell like we will tell you who our queen is. And like there are some gays out there that love Taylor Swift. But like it's 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 gross to be like, I'm the queen of the gays. Like what? What are you talking about? Like, no. And that's kind of what the symbolism in my mind probably is like shouting to me. It's like her saying that she's the queen of the gays. It's like you're not in the position to say that. Like, don't say that. I think it's almost like like I hesitate a lot to make comparisons to other minority groups. But it Mm -hmm. is like when a lot of minorities are objectified in musical culture, like um, like having super sexy women background dancers. You know what I mean? And having only women and then like objectifying them in the music video. It's always their ass or their titties. Right. And Taylor Swift has been accused of this before for having just like um, for the black women twerking in her Mm -hmm. other music video, which I don't I don't know exactly about that one, because I think there were a lot of different people 
twerking in that one. Right. But, you know, it's it's not the same as those, but I think it's sort of on the same wavelength, at least. Yes. Whereas a minority is being made into an object instead of a character. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. And I, the, the, it really bothered me when the person was like, so like, what do you really think? Do you want gay people to have jobs or not? And I was like, I know you're, that, what are you I talking like you're about? twisting my words. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm no. not, this is not what I'm arguing. That, that's so, like saying I like, know. oh, I don't, I don't like women in music videos. I don't like people portraying women in music videos as just like having huge asses and titties and that's all they're worth. And then someone coming up to you and be like, well, do you not want women to have jobs? It's like, I want women to have jobs, but I don't want them to always be fucking sexualized objects. Like, right, I, I want can them have, to be. I I don't have to pick and choose. I can have both. Like, yeah, it's like I want representation, but I want good representation. Yeah, I want representation, <laughs> like, but I, I want good representation. Fucking good representation. There you and go. The way, That's I the crux like of the, the way, issues. It's the good representation that you want. Yeah, yeah. But I think me and that person on Twitter were just having a, a completely different argument, and it yeah. was just not getting anywhere. You so if like, they're listening, I'm sorry that we were having a different argument. <laughs> I'm sorry we that were we were having. talking in two different languages. I'm so, like, we literally were, and I felt bad afterward. I was like, we're not getting anywhere with this they're not understanding me and i'm definitely not understanding them i'm just i'm just Uh. i'm curious because like i don't really i i mean whatever like taylor swift is problematic katy perry's problematic like whatever bring out the receipts i love it like i live for the drama whatever like uh, but i at the end of the day like i don't i don't go to bed reeling my brain about taylor swift or katy perry or these pop stars like i put that shit to bed after i'm done like talking about it on the podcast because i honestly yeah I, i i don't i don't care i don't fucking care about Taylor Swift. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I'm not a Katy Perry fan. I don't listen to their music all the time. But I'm curious if I was a Taylor Swift fan and I was like following her music and I was a big Swifty, what my opinion would be about this right now? Like, would I be completely like, like, would I like cover my eyes to all like the problematic shit? Or would I just like, or would I like call her out? Would I like bring the receipts? I, think- I don't know, because I'm not her fan. I don't know shit. So... I think that it's important for people, especially in our society, to realize that we can like something, even if it is problematic, as long as we recognize why it's problematic. Mm-hmm. Because, if I mean, honestly, everything is problematic in our society. Like, exactly. literally everything. And I feel like you can still, I don't know, it's like, I still love my cousin, even though they're fucking problematic, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, even though they may hate me. Like, if they really needed something, I'm their cousin. I'm there for them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I wouldn't, a lot of people, I think it's it's better than putting on your blinders to it. Like if you were yes. a Taylor Swift fan and, and you were arguing that, oh, she did nothing wrong. Be- and that's because I'm a Taylor Swift fan and Taylor Swift can never do anything wrong at all. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's better to not have, not make them into idols saying yes. they make, they have faults too. And they often make mistakes and it's our job to talk about those mistakes and to hopefully let them hear about those mistakes and maybe they won't do it again. Exactly. Because it's like um, like there are plenty of video games that everybody plays. Like we all play Overwatch. Overwatch is not a perfect game. No. Yes, there are female characters in Overwatch. Many of them are sexualized. Yes. Like let's be fucking real here. But like we still play Overwatch. Mm-hmm. We still play those video games. Like Mario, Super Mario Odyssey, is that is the most fucking problematic storyline I've ever heard in my goddamn life. Exactly. It's so fucking the, the dated. The damsel storyline is so dated. Exactly. But we're still going to play the game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like, maybe that's wrong, but I think it's better 
to to maybe enjoy things, but be woke about them. I guess as the kids would say, understand them, pick them apart, discuss them. Exactly. I have a good quote to kind of round this out that I brought up. Go for it. And it's from the queen that every Gamergate fuckboy hates, Anita Sarkeesian, who said, quote, it's both possible and even necessary to simultaneously enjoy media while also being critical of its more problematic or pernicious aspects, which I totally agree with. Right. I That is a really good quote, actually. Mm-hmm. That's a, what I was trying to get to the root of. But yeah, there's there you plenty go. of media we all enjoy. I think where you get into danger is when you become a blind fan. True. When you become a, pl- a fan completely blind to any problems that someone that you love does. Your fave is problematic at everyone. Just be woke. Me and Sam are your fave. We're problematic. Girl. Girl. I can't even tell you how many times <laughs> I've been fucking problematic. I'm oh trying to be God. a better person. I'm trying. I am too. I'm trying. Trying our goddamnedest. I'm trying. Well, yeah. anyway, should we uh, move on to our favorite things? Sure. These are a few of our favorite things. So I'm going to go first because it's kind of a cop out. Go for it. Because my favorite thing this week is the Netflix movie. What happened to Monday? (laughs) You watched it? I fucking watched it like two days after we recorded the podcast. I was like, I was I was in the bath and I was like, oh, my God, I want like something to watch. So I started it like watching it on my phone. Um, with my like earbuds in and I was in the bath for like the entire like three hours. I was like a fucking raisin in the God. sun. Sort um, your laugh out, Ravio. My fucking laugh is sad. Um, but yeah, so this was Joe's favorite thing last week, I believe. Um, yes. Last and week. yeah, so it stars Nomi Rapace and she plays like fucking seven different people and it's really amazing. It's on Netflix. Joe already talked about it last week, but it's really fucking good. I really, really, really enjoyed it, especially coming from a lot of people were giving it shit because it's one actress playing seven people. And that's very similar to the BBC America series called Orphan Black which is about a bunch of clones and they're played by the same actress, but that's the only similarity. Otherwise the plot's completely different. There's the only thing similar about that movie and the BBC America TV show is that it's a concept with one actress playing multiple people. And that isn't really new. That's been around forever. Um, So yeah, this movie is really, really amazing. What happened to Monday? It's this like, you know, post sci-fi dystopian thriller. Um, Super fucking good. I love Nomi Rapace. I love Glenn Close. I feel like I love Willem Dafoe, who was in it. I thought it was super, super fucking good. It's called something else in Europe. I think it's called Seven Sisters in Europe. Yeah, I, I think, think it has a right. different, different name. Yeah, I, I saw that on the Wikipedia page. Um, and so, yeah, I really, really fucking enjoyed it. Um, I recommended it to a bunch of friends. And yeah, I think you should watch it if you're into like science fiction thriller dystopian shit. Um, I think it's I think it's pretty good. I think it's a fucking good movie. And if you have Netflix, just like pop it up. It's on there. There you go. Holy shit. Two thumbs up from DK1 and Ravioli. Hell yeah, motherfucker. Hell yeah. Oh my God. We should be movie reviewers. Oh God, no. Probably not. No. Probably no. not. No. <laughs> my top 10 list. The Liz McGuire movie. Number yeah, one through 10. Here we fucking go. One oh. through nine and number 10 is Amelie. <laughs> <laughs> you did tweet about Amelie today. I did. 20 years ago, she was starting her adventures. Oh, my God. That's like yeah. you. You're like starting yeah. your adventure. Except, oh, my God. I don't know. I guess. Not I on the know. same day. But no, no. Just in general. Well, good favorite thing. Thank you. What's your favorite thing this week? Mine's a couple of uh, K-pop jams that came out this past week. Ooh, Um, okay. Sun Me, my favorite. She's Wonder Girls, of course. Mm -hmm. She's a solo artist now. Um, 
She's probably my favorite solo artist. She came out with a new single called Gashina. Gashina. I don't know how to pronounce it. Apparently, mm. it's a play on words for something. I don't really know what yet. But the music video and Send Me in general are badass AF. Nice. And then uh, Priston. They're a girl group. This is their second release, and it's called We Like. Okay. And it is catchy AF. It is just so ridiculously catchy. They're a cute group in general. Like, they're pretty. There's 10 members. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not like, like, they did just debut, but they're, they're doing pretty well for a group that just debuted. Yeah. So I always look forward to to seeing their shit. Nice. We'll keep super you posted on them. Catchy. Yeah, yeah. Totes, totes, totes. I think now, the other Priston song is actually on that playlist I gave you. Okay. Yeah, I still haven't gone is. through the whole thing. I'm like halfway through. You'll get to it. Yeah, I'll get yeah, to you'll it. You'll get to it. Um, is Good. Sun Me the one who came out with that like really aesthetically like Halloween music video? What was it yes, called? Full, full Moon. moon. Full moon, and she nice. also had 24 hours. Those oh, were yeah. like her two singles from like her last sort of solo effort. And then she did more Wonder Girls stuff. And now the Wonder Girls have like pretty officially disbanded. Yeah. Um, so yeah. She's solo only now, and I think it suits her really well. She's got like this this certain vibe that lends well to being a solo artist. Nice. Well, my she, roommate really um, enjoys Sun Me, so I'm going to have to let oh, her know yeah. that a new uh, single came out. From she kind of plays like a, a kind of like a crazy person in the music Ooh. video. Like she's 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 like smiling and then she like holds up a gun sort of thing, you know? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good acting from Sun Me. Very good. Oh, my good. God. And the Your Golden Globe thing? goes to Sun Me. Sure. Send is it that, on over. Is that acting? Ship it over. I don't know what Golden Globes are. Uh, I'm a bad sh- guy. That's like the... Or Emmys, are they like the worst one? I don't really know what Golden Globes are for. Listen, I, I think know. we can all agree actors get too many awards. I think the Teen Choice Award goes to Sun Me. That's about right. Didn't the, <laughs> didn't the fucking Wonder Girls win like Teen Choice Awards and shit? Really? I feel like they did. They started to make it. They had a movie on Nickelodeon. What? The Wonder Girls movie. Yeah. Oh my god, I had no fucking idea. And it was like all about the, it was a scripted movie about the Wonder Girls like coming to America and trying to make it. So like, like the fucking... It was bad. It, yeah, was it like the Spice Girls movie? Only starring the Wonder Girls? Well, I think a lot of them had to like learn their lines like phonetically. Because oh they don't god, speak yeah. English. Yeah, so it was a hoot and a Ooh, holler. yikes. I haven't seen the whole movie, I've only seen clips, but I think you Cannot can find confirm it Cannot confirm nor deny that movie even exists. <laughs> Confirm nor deny. Well, good favorite things. Good, good favorite, favorite things. things. Uh, um, shall we do the questions? We do. We have a couple of questions, right? Yes, we've got a couple emails. Um, this one is from Abby. It says, hi, Sam and Joe. I've been a fan of both of you for a hot second, even though when I showed the podcast to my friend on a long car ride, she didn't get why I liked it so much and asked if we could please put on music instead. So rude. I don't doubt it. <laughs> Same. Anyway, on to the question. I know, like me, both of you are on antidepressants, and it's improved your mental health quite a bit. However, even though for the most part, I feel like my depression is cured, but cured in quotation marks, because we all know it doesn't really cure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the rare occasion when I have an off day and feel depressed and hopeless again. My question for you two is, when what do you do to cope with those off days when they happen and how do you bounce back from them and not let them deter your healing thank you again for all the content you create xoxo abby well thank you so much abby that's a really great question love you abby uh know you from twitter and around Mm -hmm. the internet in general abby zinger oh yeah oh Um, abby zinger hey girl i think we talked about i think we talked about rice pudding the other night oh la la maybe who knows um yeah i i still get 
Mine are mine are a little bit rare. My like mm-hmm. off days, but it'll be like once every two months. I'll just have a day where I just can't. I just once every even three months, maybe. I just yeah. have a day where I can't. So for you, it just it happens pretty rarely. Yeah, it's not it's not super often for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are those days. And I guess what I do, I honestly, I'll just spend the day in bed. Like if yeah. I, if I'm able to, mm-hmm. I don't know. I try to like limit who I see. Yeah. And then like I just keep I try to keep the knowledge in my head that like tomorrow or the next day it'll be okay again and like I shouldn't, I don't know. Like if I have to be around people, I don't necessarily force myself to try, but I'll be like it's going to be better in a day or two and we just got to push there. Yes. Like we just we just got to get there. I and... feel like I feel like it's important to not kick yourself while you're down. No. Um, and also that it's very, very normal to have off days. People have off days. Everyone has off days. Like, mm-hmm. you, and so allow yourself to have those off days because you're normal. Like, reaffirm the fact that you're normal when you have these off days. Like, not everyone's going to be on 100% of the time every fucking day for the rest of their lives. Like, allow yourself to have those off days and know that there's, like, you know, since you know that you've been feeling better, you know that, like, your medication's helping you, you know, work out your emotions, etc. That reaffirm the fact that this it has a light at the end of the tunnel, like Joe was talking about. That, like, oh, like, I know that I'm not going to feel like this forever. And so then just enjoy. I mean, it's kind of a weird feeling but enjoy your off day relish in it you know accept the fact that you're having an off day and just and take care of yourself you know because you're gonna you know that it's not gonna last forever it's not one of those things where it's like oh i'm having an off year where i'm in bed every day for the rest of my year like you know it's only temporary because you're doing better and so you know just just don't kick yourself while you're down don't don't be like hey like i I'm I'm a shitty person. Like no, just be just make yourself a cup of soup, hang out in bed, just treat yourself on those off days because you know that they're temporary and you know that you'll get over it eventually and there's nothing wrong with you. That's what I have to say. Sometimes it's kind of like I don't know. I feel like I have this morbid relationship with my depression mm-hmm. in the sense that like sometimes it's interesting to revisit it and it's like oh, yeah. almost comfortable to revisit it. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I understand that because like the place I am right now compared to where I was like three years ago, it's like if, if I went a long time being afraid of being back in that place. And now I'm at a time where I'm like, oh, like it's very interesting kind of looking back and knowing that I that I, I like I got out of that rut. Like I am I got out of that. I climbed out of that fucking hole. And so I know how to do that now. Like I have those skill sets in place. So it's like. Looking at it being like, oh, wow, like this was a thing. And just like, like really looking at it being like, I can look at you now. I'm not afraid of you. Like, I I knew you were here, bitch. Like, wake the fuck up. I don't know. I always feel like those are good days for me to like write depressing lyrics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, use it to your advantage. Turn it into something. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. pull something from it in Mm -hmm. some way. Yeah. Depression's a weird thing. It is. I And also, like, in my situation, I, I mean, I know Joe doesn't go see a therapist, but I mean, Joe sees a, a doctor semi-frequently. Like, that can be kind of a therapist. But I'm a, I'm a firm believer in um, therapy plus medication because that's helped me out a fuckload in my life. Just having someone to talk to about your depression um, helped me out tremendously. 
So also kind of writing how you're feeling down, um, like Joe was saying, like, you know, when you're having an off day, kind of write down how you're feeling. And then if there's someone that you're comfortable to talk to about it, you can like go through your journal and be like, yeah, I was feeling these things and you can bounce it off the other person. And they were like, yeah, you were just having an off day. Like, you're fine. Like, you're you're fine now. Like, everything's good. Sort of situation. Well, there you Tell. go. I guess those are our, that's our non-doctor advice from two depressed oh, yeah. or ex-depressed assholes. Yeah, go talk to your doctor. Yeah, go sure. fucking go talk to your goddamn doctor <laughs> for fuck's sake. All right, we've got one more question from Ashton. It mm. says, "Hey Sam and Joe, I hope you are both doing well. I know it's been a, it's been crazy since school started up. Joe, I hope your first day of middle school went well. And Sam is finally a junior in high school. Y'all grow up so fast. I would <laughs> Thank love you to so hear. Much. <laughs> I know, right? I would love to uh. hear your time management advice. I am going back to school for my third degree because I'm crazy and at my best." When I'm overwhelmed and some advice from both of you on how to manage my time would be fantastic. All my love and money, Ashton. Well, Ashton, as someone who still hasn't gotten their undergrad, I'm going to let Joe take this one. Oh, honey, we're going to have the same <laughs> amount of degrees. <laughs> we're both going to have three degrees. Um, oh I was like, God, there were times when I went when I went to school for my creative writing degree. I was also doing like two different web shows and then also doing a daily video on my channel as well so it was like three a week which those were like scripted so it was harder than the gaming videos i'm doing now and um i was like piling up like a full-time school schedule and i was also working in the writing center and at times i just thought i was like literally losing my mind so like i guess my time management what kept me sane was doing my homework first and immediately and i know that sucks Because I know you get home from school and the you're last like, thing you want to fucking do is do your homework. Exactly. But I always found that like I was still in the school mindset. So I would get home and I could do it a lot faster than I normally would be able to. Mm. And then it's like and also like every single chance I had, like whether it was 15 minutes between class, if I had to like read a book for a class, I would get a head start on it. I would read for 10 or 5, 10 or 15 minutes if I had a chance. Like you just always have to. I don't know. I feel like. A lot of in a lot of majors and a lot of time in college, if you have a job and you have other stuff that you're doing, you just sort of have to put yourself in like 24 seven, like study mode. Yeah. But then it's also like when you get all that homework out of the way, you feel so much better. And then that also gave me so much more time to relax at night. Yes. Like I could just get that out of the way first and then not have to think about it. Um, Because I feel like if you take your free time first and you have the homework looming over you, it's it's not really relaxing. Yeah, it's always there. It's yeah, it's always there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like getting that was always the biggest thing for me was homework. I just always wanted to get it done. And everything that's a really good tip. Just getting it done first. Like, fuck, I could have used that like when I was in high school. Like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like the procrastination queen. Like I, God, if there's anything that I could do other than what I'm supposed to be doing, I would do it. Like I would like clean my fucking room instead of doing my homework. I was insane. Um, and then I would always leave it for the last minute, and then I'd be so fucking stressed out. And then I'd get it done, and I'd feel like, oh God, I should have done this like first. If I would have done this first, and I would have had you know this thing looming over me for hours and hours and hours, and I would have been able to enjoy my free time. But I never fucking learned. 
I never fucking learned. So learn you from Joe. Learned. Sure. Do your shit first. I was just like, I, and I also, it helped. I really liked doing homework. I really mm. like homework. You're <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I think I go like <laughs> me and Ashton are sort of in the same boat as then. What did Ashton say? I, I, I'm at my best when I'm overwhelmed. I think I am too. Like mm-hmm. that kicks me into gear into yeah. like constantly like knowing how to manage time gear. It's fucked up to think, but like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are really productive when they have like shit all over their shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's because it like gives me structure. Uh, Okay. Like when I, like now that I do videos and stuff, I'm like, oh, like I don't really have to film today. I probably should. (laughs) It'll make my life easier. And then suddenly I'll have to film like seven videos in a day. And I'm like, and then you're just like, oh, I hate this, but I'm going to get it all done. Then I'm like super stressed out. But like while saying that, you also got a time find like find that time for yourself and like relax every once in a while. Yes. I also didn't do that. I didn't go out and have fun like my last degree. So, mm-hmm. and I kind of wish I would have done it a little more. So, yeah, Joe really Find hated himself. For that. Yeah, yeah, I really hold myself <laughs> up with with nothing. Oh God, bless myself. Oh, well, good question. Good, good advice. Questions. I needed. I need that advice luck. too because I yeah. am not the. I am. Oh God, I'm. I'm horrible at time management. One thing that I did do, which I started doing. When I was in like high school, like freshman in high school was and I only did this because I'm a fucking nerd is I would put everything in my Google calendar. Like I, that's how I structured my life, like oh. everything, all my classes, all my homework, everything. It's like I think because in middle school we had these agendas that we had to keep up with, um, like where we had like write down all of our homework for each class. And then our teachers would check them. We get points if we were keeping up with our agenda to kind of teach organizational skills. And then I kind of transferred that to like, oh, like I'm a good typist and I like being on the computer. So I'm just going to do my agenda online via Google Calendar. And so that was kind of like relaxing for me in a fucked up way of just like organizing my thoughts in a Google calendar with all my classes and my homework and stuff. So I knew when, what was due when, and I had an easy access to it. Um, But I guess that's kind of like a basic tip because I feel like a lot of people keep agendas either by hand or on their phone now. But I was like in the game, freshman in high school, I was like, this is what I'm doing. And that worked out for me really well when I was in high school. That works. Yeah. I remember those agendas they would give us at the beginning of the year. Right. And they like checked them. It was yeah, they weird. checked them. I was so bad. I was so fucking bad. Weird. Mainly because I um, have really poor handwriting. I have fucking chicken scratch. It's horrifying. Um, and so I would just like, I hated writing. I hated doing any sort of shit like that. And so I would always like have to borrow my friend's agenda like two nights before I knew they were checking it and like copy everything down like an asshole instead of actually just like doing like writing the couple lines I needed to write every day I was so dumb so fucking dumb horrible what a cheater I know I'm a fucking cheater I cheated my way through life I did read an article I won't get into it because we're done but mm-hmm. an article that uh, said overachievers are more likely to cheat like the I kids agree. who are making good grades in school are the ones who are more likely to cheat totally yeah why not hey we're crazy i was like i was like i'll do anything to graduate with highest honors and honey i did i mean i was one of those people where like all of my english teachers thought that i read the book because i talked about like i I chalked out of my ass i they assumed that i was like a reader and that i i like read the book all the time and i was like i didn't fucking read the book i just read the last chapter like one period ago and i talked to my friends about it and i'm just like talking like i know the book and they're like oh you know so much about the book i'm just like i'm just talking out of my ass like don't, oh, see, don't, I actually read the books. I I know you were I hated actual kids like you who didn't read the books. <laughs> yeah, I hated kids like you who didn't read mm-hmm. the books. I know, I know. <laughs> I'd hate me too. <laughs> 
Uh, well, good questions. Good questions this week. Good questions. Um, Thank you guys so course, much. We do always need more. Send them to us. Email them to us. All those ways are at the end of the podcast. And um, we'll also have a bonus episode this weekend for the Patreon patrons. You can look we forward will. to that. Uh, otherwise, uh, I guess we will see all of you guys next week. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe to us on iTunes or via SoundCloud at the show samandjoe.com. You can also support and help keep this podcast going by checking out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the show Sam and Joe. Patrons also gain access to exclusive content like bonus audio clips, music downloads, handwritten letters from Sam and me, or the opportunity to get interviewed in an episode of the show. We also have merch available. If you want a cup of fresh air mug, how to train your brain shirt, and more, visit our Spreadshirt at spreadshirt.com slash the show sam and joe also you can text us or call us and leave us a voicemail with your questions or comments or hit us up on our facebook page facebook.com slash the show sam and joe and if we like what we hear we may play your message in a future show that number is 516-500-SHOW or 516-500-7469 we also want to give a big personal thanks to the podcast patrons who have donated five dollars or more Thank you to Alex P. Alexander B. Allison B. Austin B. Ben B. David M. Devin D. Dylan M. Eric H. Feliciano D. Henrich B. Jack C. Jazza. Jonathan S. Joshua L. Julian S. Justin. Kevin V. Kylon C. Martin M. Nick I. Pablo F. Rebecca D. Zachary H. Vincent L. And Zachy. As usual, thanks to all our listeners, and we'll see you next week on... The The Show! Show.